welcome back to the A Day in the Life of Podcast by Project Metropolis. Well, Mac, you're going to want to pay attention because today, on February the 9th, 2022, our panel is honored by the presence of none other than the one and only Miss Nancy. Thank you for that introduction. How are you doing today? Oh, top of the world, no complaints. Each and every single day, I am living the dream. That is awesome. Now, before we jump into the nitty-gritty stuff, Miss Mancini, would you like to give our listeners a brief clarifying overview of who you are and what you do? All right, so my name is Carla Mancini. I've been here 21 years. I'm an avid fan of everything and more Mackenzie. I am an English teacher by trade. I also teach social sciences. At this time, I'm the assistant curricular leader of library, literacy, and information studies. So this year, you can probably find me in the library, running a literacy workshop, oh, and of course, uh, a fan of student advocacy. Um, I am a staff supervisor for student council and have been for the past 15 years. Wow, sweet, thank you for that. All right, let's do this. My first question, Ms. Mancini, is what time do you wake up? Ooh, well, first and foremost, I'm a night owl. Um, I am the worst morning person I have ever met. So the later, the better. I'd like to say roughly around seven o'clock okay. on a weekday. Weekends, fair game, 11. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that we can all relate to that. Now, what is the first thing you do when you get to school? First thing, I uh, say hi to everybody. I um, make sure the library is not burned down. And I do check my email, and I start a nice, mean cup of coffee. What is your commute like? Commute, I have the luxury of living in the hood. I have the luxury of growing up here um, in Downsview, North York, down the street. Mackenzie would have been my actual home school, but my parents sent me, as staunch immigrant Catholic parents, sent me to Loretto Abbey. So I was always envious of all the students who went to Mackenzie. So my commute is short and exceptionally sweet. That's so nice. So what a good coincidence you ended up coming here to teach. Yeah, actually, my first uh, placement was at uh, Forest Hill Collegiate, and then Mackenzie offered me a full-time contract position. And I couldn't say no, because again, it was the school of envy when I was growing up. I'm glad they have you here now. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, so going on throughout your day, what is lunchtime like? Lunchtime is oftentimes hectic. So let's take, uh, let's take today as a, as a key example. I have uh, teachers beseeching the best interest of conversation pieces, usually around library bookings and or in this case, the literacy test scores, which just came in. You passed, by the way. Um, second to that, I am running student council. So there is a fierce frenzy for purchasing everything Valentine's with these candy gram, barrel grams, and of course our flash flower sale, if I can advertise for next week. So lunch is usually great frenetic energy. It's chaos personified. I also have a wonderful set of library volunteers. So it's just about keeping the momentum and the drive. And for me, it befits my Leo spirit, everything extroverted, gregarious, go big or go home. So my lunch is nonstop action. Wow. And would you ever wish that it wasn't that much action? No, no, no. I'm a creature of habit. I love um, spontaneity. spontaneity. Um, I think it's the spice of life. Um, I do not like silences. And in fact, I love always my silences to be filled with something exciting. I'm a, my philosophy has always been carpe diem, right? To seize the moment and to seize the day. So the more you can throw at me, the better. Bring it on. All right. So considering that you have so much to look forward to in the day, what is your least favorite 
mean, most favorite part of the day? Ooh, most versus least. Ooh, I love this very provocative question, Michelle. Least favorite, let's start with the, the bad and then the good and then the ugly. Uh, least favorite day, honestly, least favorite time of the day, honestly, is probably those quiet moments of shelving books. I'm not really too much of a fan. Too many paper cuts, the liability of the job. Uh, my f- most favorite day, honestly, is engagement with students. I miss my grade 12 English classes, so hopefully we'll be back on track in September. It's the student conversation. It's learning words like chuggy and learning about the newest TikTok trend. It's about understanding that retro is in, and God bless the bell bottoms for having their time in the sun as the fashion statement for 2022. It's about talking to students about their prom dresses, and of course, the sads of perhaps, you know, not doing as well on a literacy test and or slash an essay, etc. So yeah, it's about the students. This is why um, I come to work. It still is very much um, part of my passion and my interest. And the ugly of the day, the ugly are always the staff meetings, (laughs) head meetings, any place where I have to be absolutely, utterly uber responsible. What about the staff meetings? Student council? Oh, I love student council meetings. Student council meetings are, uh, well, let's see, they're very animated, highly entertaining, highly engaging. Again, I'm a big fan and, as you know, uh, an advocate of student voice. For me, it's all about retaining the authenticity of knowing and understanding that we as student council are providing the outreach for all students and representing everybody in an inclusive fashion. But SAT meetings are usually crazy. Everybody has their role to play, and sometimes we're all deviating into each other's lanes. And like I said, the louder, the better, and we're here with our voices. We're kind of similar to the Lion's Den, essentially. We're just here to have our roars heard. And hopefully by the end of that quick 35, 40 minutes, We have mastered the art of ensuring that every student at McKenzie, all 1,500, are satisfied. Never the case, by the way, but I love my student council meetings. A lot of life, a lot of life. That's great to hear. All right, so considering the fact that um, so much is going on and there is the good, bad, and ugly, Mm -hmm. what keeps you going day by day? Okay, so aside from a good cup of coffee, uh, three things that keep me going. Number one, humor. I try to see the positive side of life. Um, I know you can't necessarily see my smirks and my elation and my emotive nature. Um, I'm Italian, as you know, so often our life is all about passion, which is number two. So another driving force aside from my humor and my smiles, which again, they're very much concealed. Uh, Passion, just a passion and love for life. Um, I try to be an optimist. Uh, I always see the glass, you know, half empty and never half full. And thirdly, what kind of drives me, as I said, is um, probably ambition. I've always been a very ambitious uh, person. I try to do as much as I can, nine years of university education. Uh, One day I will return to my PhD. That ambition and that drive to kind of continue to add, to inspire, to do, um, to change, to transform, um, just to kind of embrace each day as something that's absolutely 100% novel. No pun on novel. That's kind of nice to say as a librarian there. You like that touch? <laughs> we love it. Sure. So ambition, passion. Yes. And yes. humor. And humor. Yes, most definitely. Thank yes. you. Yes. You are inspiring. Well, thank you very much. And Thanks for coming. Going to find that PhD later. I will. As soon as I retire or quote unquote graduate, perhaps in the year of 2030 something, we'll see how long I last in this profession. And one day um, I will hopefully be inspired to continue with academia. If not, I'll be your librarian for quite some time. All right. So we talked about lunch. We talked yes. about your morning cup of coffee. Yes. Need a coffee. 
Now, when do you start heading home? Excellent, excellent question. Well, with COVID, it's been a bit harder to stay back. Um, ultimately, we had some policies and protocols, etc. Oftentimes, um, I like to head back, you know, sometime a little after 3.30, just to kind of clean and clear and ensure that I've finished off the day to the best of my ability. Uh, but some days when it was pre-COVID, quite late, um, I'm an avid fan, as you know, of coaching. So I've coached uh, 10 years of rugby and over eight years of soccer. And of course, we used to run dances and semi-formals and a number of spirit events, movie nights, etc. sleepovers at Mac. And that would also determine my fate. So sometimes, and oftentimes, I would be getting home anywhere between 7 to possibly 11, 12 o'clock. So, yeah. But like I said, I have high energy, so I'm exceptionally fortunate and lucky. Fortunate to have someone as committed as you here. <laughs> this is true. Now, right, now, what is the first thing you do once you do get home, whatever time it may be? Oh... Well, here it goes. This is this is the nerd 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 life that I lead. Uh, first off, I take my contacts off and I put my glasses on. And I have a number of really great shades, so I put my glasses on. I uh, take my shoes off. I uh, lounge on the couch, and at this point, I'm doing Wordle. Wordle, New York Times spelling bee. Um, I oftentimes read the news. Yes, in terms of print. Um, and I kind of do a little like, you know, Google search here, there, maybe some Insta stalking. And uh, that's pretty much my, you know, the way I decompress from my day. Oh, oh, and second to that, um, I usually have a nice cup of tea waiting for me in the afternoon. Uh, Earl Grey preference, um, without sugar or without milk. And a little music in the background, depending on what I, you know, whoever suits my fancy for the day. Nice. Mm -hmm. And do you get any late night emails? Yes, I do. Late night emails, uh, usually on distress. I blame student council. Oftentimes, staff and the majority of my students, both past and present, are very respectful. Student council, though, knows no boundaries. You can ask, ultimately, my, yes, partner in crime here, Justin. And, of course, it's, not, it's less about the emails, but more about the messengers and the DMs at sometimes 3 and maybe, what, 4 a.m.? Right, Justin? Yes. So student council keeps me up actually at all hours. But the good thing is, since I'm a night owl, I'm there to respond. I'm pretty good at responding. You agree? Yeah. So do you ever go to bed then? Um, yes. Thankfully, I, I dream in technicolor and I dream very vividly. Um, I think when I when my head hits the sheet, Mancini is out for the count. So I do sleep. Yes, most definitely. And I enjoy my sleep absolutely tremendously. Yes. That is great. Yes. When I'm not interrupted by student council. Yes. Now, what do you wish students, including student council, knew about you in your life? Ooh, that I was once cool. Like, I feel that sometimes I lose the cool factor and cool appeal. Um, I think that it would be nice sometimes to have seen me when I was a teenager. I mean, when I was, like, rocking it out in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, to actually have that kind of, you know, sustainable conversation that I was once like you, a little bit different, like I said. I like to say my Gen Xers are far more superior than the Gen Zers. But the idea that, you know what, we kind of come from the same place and that our experiences are actually quite similar, especially with the, you know, understanding high school life. Um, and that somewhere along the way, even though I've become older and grouchier, a bit more of a curmudgeon, um, a little bit more wrinklier and grayer and perhaps saggier, the fact is at the end, um, the high school experience is something that should be, oh my gosh, it should, it, it, it's, it's legendary. And it should always be a footnote in your life. And they always say high school years are the best years. So I would have loved them to see me in high school. You know, my rebellious, gregarious, outspoken nature I think I would have fit in beautifully, especially with, you know, the uh, McKinsey, you know, yeah, the McKinsey 
community. I think I would have fit. It would have been nice. Yeah, for them to see me as an equal player in high school life. Wouldn't that have been nice? Like the breakfast book, you know? Yeah. yeah. What would I have been? Probably a mean girl, probably. <laughs> More like mean girls, yes. Well, I went to an all-girls school, so again, a little different in terms of comparison. But I would love students to have seen, and I think in, in light of that, all teachers, um, I feel sometimes you see us, there's a, such an age gap. And really, we're very similar. I think most high school teachers come back to high school because it's probably the best years of their life. It's so, pretty good, eh? Kind of profound. You like that? You like that angle there? Yes. <laughs> okay. Love it. So let's just say yes. you went into a time machine. Oh my gosh. No, okay. But it didn't take you back in time. It, oh. just, made, it just made you younger. <gasps> Ooh, I like this. Isn't this not the philosophy and the ideology of all of us? Like, we all want to retain youth. The fountain of youth. All right, this is humanity's ideology. Go ahead, yes. Okay, and then he came back okay. to Mackenzie oh my gosh. as a teenager. As a teenager? Like the present day, yes. Oh, present day. Ooh, like so 2022 and I would be your age. You're like 16, 17 years of age? Yes. Yes, okay. Mancini back 16, okay, good. How do you describe what would happen? Ooh, let's see. Um, the time machine. Well, I don't know. I feel like there would be a lot of blinking lights, something kind of of the science fiction, you know, uh, novel, like of the genre of maybe like aliens kind of, you know, captured my soul and all of a sudden I woke up in the blink of these kind of crazy dynamic lights, kind of almost like an arcade game. And all of a sudden I would kind of find myself in the middle of a conversation piece, probably with a teacher. And what would that conversation piece look like? I would probably be scolded for being late because I am not. <laughs> I, as you know, I have, a, I have a notorious reputation for being late. Um, second to that, I would probably be out of uniform. So I know that I would be a very unique, distinct personality. I never had that golden opportunity in high school because I was wearing always a, a uniform. Uh, as a mentioned, I went to Loretto Abbey. And I think that I would probably be trying to fit in, to be popular. I think I would. I think I would have that want and desire to have a really close-knit group of girlfriends. And like I said, maybe very much reminiscent of who I was in high school because I love my friends. And if this is a quick you know, caveat and side note, my high school friends are still my best friends. And so we've known each other for over 30, 35 years. So if it's any consolation, and I kind of be like, yeah, and I probably would not eat the calf food. No, I do not like the cafeteria food. I'm sorry. Um, I would probably be hanging out with the crew. I'd probably be waiting in line to get a candy gram. And I'd probably be like, you know, paying attention to the latest and the newest. And yeah, you know, kind of just going with the flow. Going with the flow. But hold on. I would probably be in the max program as well because I am a very academic soul. I have always been an avid lover of everything academia. I'm an avid reader, a voracious reader, in fact. Um, I love the intellectual side of life. And uh, truth be known, I did exceptionally well in high school. And I think I would be like, again, a secret super uber nerd, man. I love it. Because you know what? Like I said, it's the, you know, Descartes always said, you know, I think, therefore I am. So I always pride and prioritize intelligence. Personality is right up there, but intelligence, most definitely, I would be nurturing that. And I would probably be loving all my classes, uh, math and science included. So I think it's a, quite a misnomer that English teachers don't find uh, those subject areas uh, fascinating. Yeah, be kind of nice. I'd love to go back. Michelle, let's, have, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. 2022, Mancini, 16 years of age. Woohoo! My goodness. What would I be wearing? I'm not really sure. Maybe what I'm wearing now. Could be, eh? Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, not bad. I'd fit in. Don't you think? Yeah. Hmm. And let's just say there was, a, there was a librarian slash that supervisor who is exactly like your husband. Oh, my goodness. My now, goodness. Would you get a, along with this person? A startling revelation. 
would I get along with me? Wow, this is a very interpersonal, almost psychological dimension, right? Like you're project, I'm projecting my, um, myself and I see myself like a doppelganger. Would I have and would I be enamored? Would I be even inclined? I think so. I think so. I like to say sometimes I am very assertive, dynamic, loud. I think oftentimes uh, students are intimidated. I'm not sure why. I'm only a five foot two Italian, but like I said, I know I have a really big, big personality, large heart, big soul. I think I would get along well with me. I would. I think I'd come across and say, you know what? She's not that tough a nut to crack. And I think we have some, you know, common interests. And in order to get a Miss Mancini's good side or somebody like me, the librarian doppelganger, I'd probably start talking about cultural trends. Uh, you know, I'm really into um, what is in uh, culturally, politically. Um, I'm kind of interested in everything that's kind of social. Like, I feel like I could connect with her on some level, or with him on some level, to be honest. Probably the latest book, the latest fad, the latest trend. Again, fashion was a good default. Um, and I might have to butter her up a little bit, you know, because compliments and flattery will take you everywhere, will take you far. So I would probably say, you know, yeah, there'll be a harmonious exchange, the meeting of the minds. And I'm always very much inspired by very uh, strong women and autonomous women and women who are very independent. And for me, that's always been an inspiration. And just as a quick, uh, again, uh, side note or footnote, in uh, my high school, my high school experience, I had some magnificent teachers who were very much uh, female and very much inspirational. And for me, they became my role models, that I was capable of doing everything and anything. And I always do go back fondly to reminisce about that time because they've become some of my most cherished memories. And I think they have helped shape, aside from my mother, uh, who I am. And my grandmother, by the way, who's turning 99 this summer. So my mom never had the opportunity for formal education um, as an immigrant to Toronto. And I think that I reap the rewards of being young and having that opportunity. But some of who I am, I credit to my teachers. Even the ones who were the hard-nosed teachers that yelled at me because I was late or out of uniform or failed me on a geography test by 49.5% out of 100, I still value them. So yeah, I get along well with whomever I see that you know befits that uh, typification, yeah. So going into our general question. All right, go for it. What is the best part about running SAC? Best part of running student council is, uh, well, the students themselves. It's, it's a mentorship. It's less, it's almost less about me, it's more about them. Uh, to see each and every single student on council become leaders in their own right. And to me, I find that absolutely phenomenal. I have excellent rapport relationships with all of my former um, student council members over the years. So I've seen 15 years of genius walk the hallways and exit the hallowed halls of McKenzie and go on to do great things. So for me, I'm inspired by leadership the evolution of their leadership. Beautiful. And how do you feel the pandemic has changed your life as a SAC supervisor? Oh, a SAC supervisor? Oh, you know what? I The spirit events. I think we've compromised so much of the social. And it's challenging, it's difficult, but we've made the best of it, surprisingly enough. Um, it's about the larger scale, school-wide kind of events. The, the dances. Let's just say the dances. I actually miss the dances. <laughs> I miss booking the DJ, booking the venue, four or five hundred kids just kind of going wild and reckless for the night. Um, I miss that energy. That's what I miss. The larger social spirit events. I think we've had to uh, take a bit. They've had to take a bit of a back seat. But hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we can move forward and maybe have a bigger, greater, grander year next year. So we talk about student council being genius. Yes. What is your general consensus on high school kids? 
oh, now we're really getting into the, now you're really digging deep here. You want the dirt on what Mancini thinks? You mean about Mackenzie students in general? Yes. What do I think? You know what I think? I'm going to go soft on this one. Honestly, this is a fantastic school. And I really am so impressed with the versatility and the diversity. So how versatile we've become to embrace and acknowledge and accept diversity in school. This school has always been very much multi-ethnic, uh, multicultural. It has been a place where we have been inspired with different clubs and councils and philanthropic events, humanitarian efforts. Um, just the, the knowledge that everybody has a place at McKenzie and in far and few between I think is quite enviable uh, amidst other high schools that I speak to, high school supervisors, especially with student council. McKenzie's a great place. It's a, it's, a, it's a second home and I really feel that the students themselves make it their home. They take pride in who they are, that they believe that the sleepy school, you know, in North York, you know, somewhere on 20 Till Plain, is a place where they can be and they can feel free to be. And I'm very, like I said, that I've not deviated from, from you know, that philosophy. And I come by it honestly. I've been here quite a long time. So for me, the students are great. They're absolutely great. Absolutely great. And everyone contributes to that vibe. They contribute to that, you know what I mean? That, that kind of feeling when you walk in. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm part of something. And I, I give credit to the students because they want to be here. I hope. <laughs> The majority, the majority consensus, yes, of course. Yes, you did ask about the majority. Yes. Okay, so who was the most interesting student you ever encountered? <laughs> you want me to reduce, this is so reductionist, you want me to reduce 21 years of the most interesting student? Well, it could be a collective of students too. Yes, I know. Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I can generally say the students who are perhaps the most interesting are the students who challenge my authority are the ones who really have the guts and the courage to actually speak their minds. And the ones that resonate the most, and there's some names that shall rename, may remain nameless, I apologize, are the students who fundamentally disagree with what I have to say, are the students who are adversarial, are the students who basically challenge and question on a daily basis why. They are the students who never pay attention, they're the students who are apathetic, they're the students who fall asleep and drool on my desk. The ones that are the most interesting are also the ones who come up with the most remarkable and spectacular and the students who come up with the most innovative. And they're the ones that I always find absolutely 100% the most fascinating. Those are the most interesting students, the ones who deviate from convention. I see. What makes a student likable? What makes a student likable? Well, I think a student who is likable is a student who is willing to listen. A student who's also willing to share opinion. A student who's likable is also a student who likes engagement and likes to dialogue and likes to actually contribute. And contribute in the sense to a class, contribute to, again, the greater being of a school-wide initiative and event, Likeability is kind of tough, but likeability is also reduced to the quality and caliber of personality, I think. I like people generally, and I'm in the right you know, uh, profession for it. And I also get energy from people, if that makes any sense. Again, my, my, my motivation to come to work is I, I love the social. So for me, likeability comes in many different ways and shapes and forms. 
likability is intellectual likability, um, cultural likability that we can actually venture, as aforementioned, about the newest and the latest, like Wordle, my Wordle obsession. Uh, most definitely, I am also, you know, fascinated by the new, like coding. Who knew about coding and website design and everything else? So that's likability because it's also a dialogue, a single dialogue where I'm actually learning, right? It's kind of a mutual understanding that there's a role reversal, that we're always kind of engaged in that something. So it's either intellectual, it could be cultural, it could be political, which we'll, we shan't go into politics. It's too volatile a time right now. But I, I think it's about likability, like I said, it's about the constitution of listening and participating and contributing. Right. I hope. Okay. Mm -hmm. We'll finish off with a few philosophical questions. Good, good. Bring it on. Go for it. What words do you live by? Ooh, courage. Confidence, passion, inspiration. I constantly do a daily affirmation of thanks. Very thankful, blessed, appreciation, positivity, and optimism. Very, that was a lot of words. Thank you. I'm an English teacher. Yes, I'm quite verbose. Yes. Next question. All right, the final question. What is your greatest fear and how do you conquer it? Ooh. There are multiple fears in life, and I think fears come uh, by virtue of being human. Um, every fear is usually an obstacle that is absolutely 100% insurmountable. So what is my, one of my biggest fears is flying. This is a really up close and personal little antidote. I was in a, I was an avid traveler for a number of years in my 20s. I've traveled um, to far distant lands, not that exciting, but I enjoyed the travel. I enjoyed immersing myself um, in different places and spaces and getting lost. And I loved the old fashioned maps. And this is prior cell phones with, you know, GPS and everything else. Um, I love the idea of just being free. I was on a plane home when, and this is probably prior to your time, that we had this uh, blackout in the Eastern seaboard. And I had to make an emergency landing. I was flying in from Charles de Gaulle from Paris uh, back to uh, Toronto. I missed my connecting flight. So from Montreal to Toronto, we had to make an emergency landing. I had already been traveling for 16 hours. I was kicking around Europe for the summer, Italy and France. May or may not have been doing a wine tour because the sommelier is on my top 10 list of something that I would like to earn and to achieve in later in life. Uh, but the fact is, is that we did uh, a quite a feat of greatness. The pilot lost contact with Pearson Airport and went to make an emergency landing. And we're talking about the whole, like, think of it of movies, that fear, that anxiety. It's like losing control. The plane is, you know, losing altitude. And we're happened to be in a field. They had to manually open the doors. You know, that big, those big blowout, um, what do you call it? slides come out. Anyways, make long story short, it traumatized me. Uh, back in the mid-2000s. So I have been slowly coming back full circle, slowly, little baby steps, getting myself back on planes so that I don't have that same fear because it would be a shame to deprive myself of living and being and thriving in such a glorious world. So the fear of flying, and how do I overcome? Like I said, small little flights, baby steps, but it's been quite a learning and something I'm still working on. Because again, the back of your head, there's always that for me. It was that moment. It was that fear. It's like, can I do it? But like I said, positive, optimistic thinking. Yes, that's right. Mancini shall conquer all. If not, I can always take a car. There you go. <laughs> that's that is how I will end off my interview. <laughs> always alternate forms of travel. Yes. Well, thank you, Mancini. You conquered us today in our podcast. Thank you for your words of wisdom mm -hmm. and honesty laced with humor. Thank you. And thank you for your presence. Thank Not you. Not just here today. Thank you. Podcast.
And Michelle, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.